Sing for joy, sing for joy, sing for joy, sing for joy. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Sing for Joy. I'm Jed Lovejoy, the worship and children's minister at the Broadway Church of Christ here in Paducah, Kentucky. And today we're going to dive into a song, one specific song is my idea for this week. We've spent the last couple weeks talking about some of my musical background and how that informs the way I think about stuff. And then last week we kind of did an overview of the differences between a song leader and a worship leader and how there's a mindset that goes into that and there's some preparation that goes into that. And so as an example, uh, which eventually I may break down, I, I will, I plan on it, I will break down a worship set and how I come up with those sort of things and how I plan out worship, which it's fun because I talked to someone here recently and they were like, well, that's something we do all the time. And it was another person who has the opportunity to work in a church, work for a church, and think about worship ministry full-time. And I had to remind this person, I was like, yeah, but not everyone gets this opportunity. You know, not everybody has all week to think about the week's worship or to plan a couple of weeks out. And so it's always nice to hear other people go through these processes. I know it benefited me when I was first starting. It benefits me now, even after I've been doing it three and a half years. And so hopefully that by going through some of these things, whether you do it at all, you've never done it before, or you've been doing it for years, this will be fun to kind of hear someone else's thoughts go through it. And as always, I encourage you to comment back, to discuss these things with me, uh, whether you're replying directly to my email or leaving comments in the podcast and things like that. So anyway, the one song that we want to talk about this week, um, I need to give one more caveat before I dive right in, just to give a basic, uh, how I get songs, like, yes, there's songs that I listen to that I've known and loved and I'm kind of bringing in and, and, and introducing to the congregation here in Paducah that maybe I sang in Oklahoma and they didn't sing them here. And so that's one way that I bring songs back and forth. But it is very common for people to come up to me after they've visited a family member or just been traveling. And they'll be like, hey, we sang this song at such and such. You know, I'd love for you to give it a listen. And I always do. I always do. Just that's not me throwing something to the wind. I always listen to any song I am sent. I have my own personal thoughts and feelings on those songs. I may or may not use them. I may use them in ways that those people didn't expect me to. Um, but I always listen. And then if the song piques my interest, it may be, you know, melodically interesting. It's something I just enjoy the sound of it. Uh, I enjoy the movement of the, the verses and different things. Uh, or maybe there's interesting words in there that make me want to dig in or... In the case of the one that we're going to hear today, I went, hey, I'm pretty sure that's straight out of a scripture. And so I started looking into the scripture behind it and then went from there. But I definitely, as I think about new songs to introduce, and this was one of those new songs I introduced to the congregation here at Broadway, um, I've gotten to where I focus way more on the content of the song rather than just the sound of it. I mean, there's some beautiful songs out there. There's some fun songs out there to sing, but they don't have as much depth. And I can use those from time to time. But when I find some of these newer songs, I love to find things that are either directly out of Scripture or they have some deeper theological meaning. And if they've got great melody on top of it or some musicality to it, 
all the better. So that's kind of a little bit of my background on finding songs because rarely will I introduce a song to the congregation just because I liked it or just because someone brought it to me. I want there to be some depth. Um, we do once, once a month on a Sunday night, I have the opportunity to lead a singing class, so to say, or a singing sermon, devotional, uh, but we'll sing lots of old songs by request. We'll sing new songs just to practice them. But when I introduce a song, it's also an opportunity for me to give them bits and pieces of why I might have picked that song. And so what I want to do in this podcast, now that we're finally getting around to the song, sorry about that. What I want to do in this podcast is kind of an expanded version of that because I only have a short amount of time. I like them to have more opportunity to sing less time of me just sermonizing or giving a lot of spiritual depth to the song and then we sing it once. I'd rather us have time to practice the song and leave them with little bits along the way of why they might consider this song rather than just dismissing it because, uh, you know, Jed's introducing another new song. Anyway, so the song that I want to go through this episode is Deep Calls to Deep by Randy Gill. This may be a song that that you've been singing in your congregation for years. I don't know, but it's a brand new song for us here at Broadway just in the last year and a half, I think. It's about how long we've been singing it. Um, A lot of the songs we, we sing in worship, this is another slight side note before we continue with the song itself, but we tend to sing more happy, upbeat, positive glory to God type songs. Again, nothing wrong with those. They are very useful. They are great. You know, songs of hope and joy and praise and love. Man, you come in and they can really lift your spirits, whether you're already happy or you're down. Uh, Those are great songs and very useful in worship. And I, I sing a lot of them when I'm picking songs. But there's not a lot of songs that really help us during those kind of gritty, yucky times of our life. Um, There's not the word for it. There's not a lot of lament songs. Now, there are a lot of lament psalms in the book of Psalms, but we don't translate a lot of those to the songs we sing on a regular basis. Um, We might have some songs in our invitation song repertoire, you know, like after the song, after the sermon, there's a good song that convicts us of our sin and brings us forward, you know, um, or gets us really thinking about how we want to go to heaven and we may not be able to go there yet or how there's people with sin in their life and we need to fix that. And those type songs, they may not be happy songs or whatever. They may be convicting songs, but we don't have a lot of laments where you literally are laying into whether you're a Christian or not. Life is hard right now. Life is not any fun. I'm going through some really tough times. How do I sing to God with that sort of feeling in my heart? How do, I, how do I praise God with that sort of feeling in my heart? And so a lot of times our worship services have had hurting people in them, and then we're asking them to sing happy songs. Well, they don't feel very happy right now. And so I always love it when I can find a good lament song and build out on those. Uh, so when someone brought me this one, they brought me Deep Calls to Deep. And like I say, number one, I went, I'm pretty sure this is a scripture. Uh, In fact, I know it's a psalm. But then at the same time, I was going, ooh, it's a lament. It's something we can really use. Like it was going to fit a theological and, you know, just a theological purpose. It was going to have some good depth of meaning. And maybe it would help resonate with some of the people when they come into worship. And they don't feel 
happy-go-lucky and ready to praise and be thankful to God and everything. They, they're ready to revel in a little bit of the pain that they're going through. So I love a song like this. That's what I'm saying. So I love a song like this. But, and I'm not going to do this super often. Um, that sounds really bad. I'm not going to ask you to open your Bible very often in this podcast. That sounds terrible. Um, but I would ask you to open your Bible if you have it. If not, you know, mark this for later. But the, the title of the song comes from Psalm 42. And a lot of the thought process comes from Psalm 42. It makes some other references, but that's, that's where I want to focus. Uh, you may, if you don't have it open in front of you, you may be like, wait a minute, I know that Psalm number for another reason. Those of you who have opened it up are already ahead of us. Here's where we are. This is verse 1 of Psalm 42. It says, As the deer pants for flowing streams, or your version may say, As the deer pants for the waters, so my soul pants for you, O God. If it's not going off yet, you have alarm bells ringing going, Hey, I know a song from that psalm already. And you're right. Yay. Um, <laughs> there's actually two different versions of, of just that first verse of this psalm. And, of course, the song is called As the Deer. There was one I grew up singing. It was the Martin Nor Nystrom. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce his last name, but Martin Nystrom. It was written in 1984 after I looked up the copyright on that one. Um, but that's the, As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. It was that one. Uh, and then later on in my life, I found out there was another one that was written actually just a couple years later in 1987 uh, by Dennis Jernigan. Uh, and it's the one that's the, As the deer, as the deer, there's the water. It's kind of got the back and forth. Uh, the middle section is, uh, My soul, da, 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 deep within me, deep within in me I pour out my soul. It has that nice little section in there that it's a little more lament feeling than the Nystrom version that I grew up singing. And so whether you grew up singing one or the other or you like one or the other more, it's always neat to me when there's a scripture that people interpret slightly different musically. So anyway, that those two things existed there. And so there's a lot of theme of this, we long after God because he's like the water that a deer needs for sustenance, for life, you know, and so we need God just like that. And so anyway, let me keep, keep reading the psalm there. It, verse 2, my soul thirsts for God, the living God. When shall I come and appear before my God? Now here's, that's kind of the end of that song, you know, as far as in the, in the, traditional versions of those two. And I've always found that interesting because here's, here's verse 3 of Psalm 42. My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Now it's like, okay, it's this nice little song about trusting in God and reliance on God and needing God. But then the psalmist is like, I need God because here's what's happening in my life. So it's not just a nice hey, I need God statement. It's I need God because times are really tough. I mean, my tears have been my food. I'm literally in such pain and agony that I don't want to eat anything else, but I've been crying an awful lot. You know, um, Some of you may be able to identify with that feeling more than some of the rest of us, but that is some tough, tough emotion to deal with. Um, I mean, let's read a little bit more. We'll, we'll get to verse 7 where the 
where the title of the song is, but there in verse 4, These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go on with the throng and lead them in the procession to the house of God with shouts of gladness and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you downcast, my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, and I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and Hermon from the Mount Mazar. And here's verse 7. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All of your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to God in my life. I want to pause right there. I mean, just taking that, again, Psalm, the book of Psalms is a bunch of poetry, and so you can look at it from a lot of different angles and viewpoints, but just that initial verse 7, deep calls to deep, and then depending on how your, your version reads, it may be slightly different wording, but the gist of it is that idea of the waterfalls just pounding you over and over, of you being out in the waves and they keep thrashing you and rolling over you and you can't seem to break free of them. And so you have this just initial feeling of the physical thoughts of water just beating you down. But then you can go that step further and really think about, oh, well, maybe he's talking about the emotional state, you know, the sadness, the fear, the pain, whatever it is that just keeps rolling over him over and over, pounding him like that waterfall, and he can't break loose of it. I mean, you don't have to be in a very large crowd before there's someone out there who's going to be in that state of mind, who's got that sort of feeling. So in a worship setting, to find a song like Deep Calls to Deep that's connected to that verse, where they're saying, look, my soul is crying out as the deep calls to deep, as the waters roll over me, as the waves come over my head. And they're hearing that and they're going, that's how I feel right now. What am I going to do? And they're kind of ready to connect with the song and move forward. I mean, this song isn't saying, hey, you need to just feel better. This song isn't saying this is a, a feeling that you have that's unhealthy or that you need to get rid of. This is a psalm that's been given to us. And it's saying, okay, you can have these feelings, but we're going to direct you in a healthy way to still focus on God through those things. I mean, the rest of the psalm is affirming that the writer feels like God has allowed this suffering. God has forgotten him. He's got these worries about how am I ever going to get out of this? But he still affirms that God loves him, that God is a rock. I mean, we're going to read the rest of this here in just a second. And he ends by saying, I'm still going to praise you. So here we go. Let me, let me just read the rest of it, starting in verse 9. I say to God, my rock. There's that statement of reliance. Even though he follows it up with, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go on mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all day long. And here it is again. Where is your God? And then the he finishes up this psalm by saying, why are you cast down my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? And then here's the reminder. Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. So it's like, yeah, times are tough. And it may seem like God has forgotten me, but there's no way I'm going to get through this without his help. 
I've still got to go through this pain. I've still, I'm still enduring this. The pain isn't disappearing. I still have these enemies that are calling out and taunting me. But if I remember where the focus is supposed to be, just maybe I'll get through this. You know, it's, it's that glimmer of hope sort of thing. You, you know, we often call it the silver lining on the cloud. And we, and we use that to almost dismiss things from time to time. But the psalmist is saying these are healthy feelings. These are true feelings. But through all of that, I need to remember where my rock, my foundation is, and how I'm really going to get through this. I mean, this is, this is what I love to find in a song when someone sends me something, that there's real depth of meaning. And it's not necessarily because of anything the song writer, like Randy Gill, when he wrote this song, he wasn't coming up with this brilliant new phraseology. He wasn't coming up with this amazing thought that no one had ever come up with before. But he was connecting with one of the Psalms that's there and then adding the music to it and arranging the words of that Psalm in a way that would take that spiritual truth in God's word and hopefully convey that to an audience that would be singing that. I mean, it's just something that's very powerful, especially knowing that you're going to have a variety of emotional states and a a variety of physical pains present when they're coming to worship God. And this is a song that can really carry you through. It's not a happy song, but it has continuous movement you know, it, it never sits back and goes, well, let's just revel in our sadness necessarily. It keeps you moving forward. It keeps the thought of God and his preeminence always before you. I mean, my favorite part of the song, well, I'll, I'll just say, I'll start at the end and then I'll come back. But at the end of it, he reminds you, still I will praise you, Lord. Now, I'm going to I'm not going to play like clips of the song necessarily because of lots of different reasons, but I am going to link in the show notes to where you can find recordings of this song uh, from the Zoe group and then from Praise and Harmony as well so that hopefully you'll go back and listen through to this one if you're not familiar with the song Deep Calls to Deep. Um, But just like the psalm, he ends with that, still I will praise you, Lord. Even through these tough times, I'm going to praise you. But my favorite part of the song is... Well, let me pull it up on my sheet music. That way I make sure and get it all right. But there's lots of call and response in this. You know, he starts out, From the depths of my soul light, from the depths of my soul. And the two parts are calling back and forth. And there's a lot of back and forth. But there's several places where all the parts sing in unison. You know, and that call and response stops for a moment. Everyone syncs up. And one of those moments that I thought just came across really well is the words were, Have you forgotten me? Where are you, Lord? So like everyone's been going in my moments of grief, I cry out going back and forth. And then you have this, have you forgotten me? Where are you, Lord? You hold that note out and then you have a rest. You have a moment of silence and you kind of let that set for a second because that's how we feel sometimes. Where are you, Lord? And then you take a breath and you restate this. In my moments of grief, I cry out. There is a time to mourn. There's a time to weep. There's a time for sorrow when deep calls to deep. And the song continues. But I just, I thought that was a really effective musical piece there. Again, I'm, I'm going to try to avoid doing all the deep technical musical stuff all the time, but I'll come to those things from, from time to time. I am a music major. I do think about those things. I'm sorry. Not really. Uh, But that I thought was an extremely effective moment. You know, have you forgotten me? Where are you, Lord? 
And then we're just going to spend a moment with that statement before we continue on. Uh, it was, it was just a, it was a great moment. And so as I think about new songs, as I think about the messages I want to convey, the things that I want to be able to teach to the congregation, to other people, those are the type of things that I go through. That's the process I go through. I like to look at the whole context of a scripture that may be presented in the song. You know, sometimes there's a song that uses a scripture, but it doesn't really represent that scripture very well in the truth of the context that it's surrounded by. This was one of those that there was no doubt. It was really conveying the message of that whole psalm. And so even though, you know, the top billing goes to, you know, as the deer, you know, because that's the first verse. And so people remember that and they remember those songs. I think this deep calls to deep using that middle and closing section of the psalm does a really good job. And it's something that I've really appreciated adding to my musical repertoire and it seems to have resonated well with our congregation. I mean, I sent it to a couple of people first and let them listen to it. And they were like, yeah, we think that's worthwhile. And then I sang it for the, for the congregation on Sunday night, played the recording, had them sing along with it. We talked about it. And I just said, hey, it's out of Psalm 42. We read that. And by the end, I had several people going, I can't wait to sing that with the congregation. I think that'll be really good. And so I, you know, I'm not going to walk up to someone who I know has just had a tough time in their life and be like, so did this song help you during your tough time? <laughs> I'm not going to be that insensitive, but I can hope. And again, that's part of when I look at these things and I pray over these songs and, and, and then see how they play out, I can only hope that God is actively working. I mean, through the words that were written ages and ages ago, and then now have been reinterpreted through these songs that we have the opportunity to sing together. I mean, so that's Deep Calls to Deep. I, like I said, I, I'm not gonna break down all of the technical aspects and why, why that key might have been chosen or something, not, not for this song at least, maybe in another episode, um, because composition and structure is important, but what I would really wanna emphasize, and I'm gonna say it again, is that the depth of meaning becomes more deeply important than just the melody or the structure of the song. So as you're finding new songs, as you're considering new songs, you know, we don't need to just have every new song that comes across. I mean, this Deep Calls to Deep was written in, I think, 2001. I'm looking back. Yeah, copyright 2001 is what I have on, on my sheet music. So it took 18 years, basically, 17, 18 years before it reached Broadway, before I even knew about the song, uh, even though there were recordings done of it before, either I just never really listened that closely to it or I never came in contact with it, but it eventually got to me, and I, like, for all the reasons that we've discussed, it's something that I thought was worthwhile and the congregation thought was worthwhile and we've really been using, so... It's important to find new songs and find things that are relevant, but it's not just a new song for the sake of a new song. It has meaning. It has some meat to it that I think will help people. And so hopefully discussing this was interesting and fun for you, and maybe it'll cause you to look into this song, and maybe it's useful for a congregation you worship with. We'll see. Uh, anyway, I'd, as far as my I'd like to know, 
something that I'd love to hear from you. Which version of As the Deer do you like better? Or do you are you more familiar with? Do you like the the original, or as I call it, original, the one written in 84, the As the Deer, that one? Or do you like the, the newer Jernigan uh, version that's started circulating? I say started. It's probably been going for 10 or 12 years now. Um, as far as in a lot of the circles I'm in. But anyway, those two, let me know what version you like better. Why do you like one of those versions better? Maybe you feel one of them represents the scripture it's from a little bit more closely. So anyway, I will definitely have links in the show notes to recordings of both of those versions, as well as two different versions, uh, or two different recordings of the Deep Calls to Deep. And once again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next time.